morning, the afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you are, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sports Crutch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromelo. Well, it is April, and that means it is officially NFL Draft Month. Very shortly, NFL clubs will begin putting the finishing touches on their draft boards in preparation for the big weekend beginning on April 29th. And we here at Sports Crunch are only about to dial up our nonstop in-depth draft coverage from now until your favorite team is on the clock. In that spirit, we conclude our position-by-position prospect previews today with a look at the running back class. And to help us analyze this year's running back crop, it is a pleasure to welcome our good friend Brian Bosarge of DeepFryDraft.com back to the program. How you doing, Brian? David, I'm doing great, man. Uh, glad to be on this podcast with you. Always glad to have you on this podcast as well, Brian. And uh, when you talk about running backs, uh, uh, the de- debate over whether to draft one in round one is just nonstop year after year after year. And many people I know, if not most, believe that you should never draft a running back in the first round, regardless of the talent. Do you agree or disagree with that school of thought? I, I would have uh, maybe five years ago would not have been on board with that. But I mean, the math, just the science and the math of it just plays out now. It's just not worth it. The value's not there anymore. I mean, you can get, I mean, you see it year after year after year, you get quality production from the running back position, the second, third, fourth, fifth undrafted players. I mean, just as much as you get out of a first round talent and not only drafting a running back at the first round it almost just does not seem to make sense to even give the running back a second contract anymore because it almost always blows up in the team's face that does it oh yeah and uh, the fact that the giants uh, are in no rush to uh, pick up the fifth year option on saquon barkley says it all and maybe uh, the giant selection of saquon barkley a couple years ago is uh, waking everybody in the league up that it is a waste of resources no matter how talented that running back is and uh, two running backs that do have a shot at going in the first round this year, however, are Najee Harris of Alabama and Travis Etienne of Clemson. It's a neck and neck race between them in terms of who is the top runner in this class, but you currently have Etienne ranked above Harris. What is your reasoning for that ranking? Well, it's a matter of personal taste for me and, and what I look for more in the running back position. I'm more of a uh, more valued what can the running back do in the passing game more. I feel like Etienne. His ability to split out wide, um, it almost acts as a quasi-wide receiver, so to speak. I think that just, to me, enhances his value more than Najee Harris. I think if you're a team like Atlanta, now with Arthur Smith there as the head coach, currently Tennessee, or maybe even Baltimore teams that are more the power run game teams, I think Najee Harris is probably a better fit for those squads. But I think, you know, like Tampa Bay, Kansas City, those teams more would be more inclined, or those types of teams would be more inclined to look at an ETN. Oh, that's very interesting because uh, a year or so ago, a lot of people were saying, uh, ETN, can this guy even function as a pass-catching back? Uh, how much has he improved on that part of his game in college? I mean, to me, I, I thought he improved, especially this year. I thought his, his production in, in that realm was up this year. I th- almost think he took a leap. Uh, this past season at Clemson, similar to the leap that Jonathan Taylor did his final year at Wisconsin, where he showed showed that he could be a, a you know a, a pass catcher at the next level, and and uh, Taylor uh, produced uh, this year for the Colts. So I mean I, I think ETN's a better overall prospect uh, than maybe not a better overall prospect than Taylor, but they're pretty close to me as far as my rankings would have been. Uh, for those two players, but I like ETN uh, because of that over Najee Harris. 
Uh, yeah, so just for the sake of Plague Devil's Advocate, why do you think many people rank Najee Harris as the best of the two? Because he's more of the traditional running back, so to speak. He's going to be your lineup behind the quarterback, handoff, off tackle, up the middle. He's going to get more of your power yards, probably more than um, ETN will. And, and, you know, people like that about, you know, like you, you see Derrick Henry and the success he's had, you know, uh, with the Titans. So th- there's and there's a lot to like with ETN, I mean, with Najee Harris. And I'm not saying Najee Harris isn't a good running back because, I mean, he is. He's going to be my number two running back in this class. But I just, a personal per- personal preference for me is, is, is ETN. Uh, yes, and another thing people like about uh, Najee Harris is uh, his ability in blitz pickup, and a lot of people don't think Etienne is as far with his skills in that part of the game as uh, Najee Harris is. And one of the biggest influences that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady will continue to have on the NFL is the emphasis that they put on running backs who could first and foremost protect the quarterback. And, that, and, that, and that's a fair assessment uh, of, of the differences between Harris and Etienne. And I won't, I won't argue that. And I, I think there's going to be some other running backs that, you know, late, maybe later in the third, fourth round area that, you know, are, are also good uh, pass protectors. Uh, Kylan Hill from Mississippi State is another running back that I like maybe more than uh, many others that uh, excels in that area. Yes, and we will talk about Kylan Hill a little bit later on. And uh, going back to your rankings for a moment, uh, something that goes against the grade in your rankings is that you have Kenneth Gainwell of Memphis as the third best back of the bunch. Gainwell hopes to continue the promising trend of recent Memphis running backs finding success in the NFL, uh, Tony Pollard and Antonio Gibson to be exact. However, he's only 195 pounds, and uh, Lance Zierlein, the lead draft analyst at NFL.com, sees his role in the NFL as merely that of a change of pace back. Moreover, an NFC scouting director told Zierlein that he's not certain Gainwell's skill set will translate to the NFL, quote, if he doesn't find a scheme that keeps him in space, unquote. Do you think Gainwell could be more than what Zierlein and that anonymous scouting director projected to be? And if so, why? Well, I mean, I, I, I like Gainwell as a player. I think he's an explosive player. His testing uh, from his per day the other day is going to bring him down in my rankings. Uh, when the new ones come out uh, in a couple of weeks, but uh, I, I like Gainwell as a, you know as a as a multifaceted running back. He catches the ball uh, well. He's he's not as I I guess I want to say that I, I was maybe saw some Antonio Gibson in because I was higher on Antonio Gibson last year than a lot of others. I had Antonio Gibson as my uh, number forty one overall player and one of my top running backs in last year's class. So I saw a lot of Gibson in Gainwell's tape, but you know he he's not as big as Gibson and not as uh, as fast or as you know elusive and as of an athlete as he or Tony Pollard was. So yeah, when, after I saw his testing, you know it, it's going to bring his final score down for me just a little bit, but uh, and probably take him out of the uh, uh, top 100 overall. Oh, thank you very much for that uh, update, Brian. And I definitely look forward to seeing uh, your next batch of running back rankings. But uh, Kenneth Gainwell wasn't the only thing that was outside the box in your running back rankings. And uh, I always love it when uh, people, uh, like whether it's you or whether it's uh, Bill Carroll, who we had on several days ago to break down the linebacker class, uh, think outside the box. Uh, thinking outside the box is one of the things I really value among draft analysts at this time of year. And there's a near universal consensus that North Carolina's Javante Williams is the best running back of the draft outside of Etienne and Harris. However, you have his teammate Michael Carter, 
who stood out at the Senior Bowl ahead of him in your rankings. Why is Carter the better back of the Tar Heel twosome in your view? On tape, I like I just like more of what Michael Carter did. I had you now I had them very close. I had a, like a, a tenth of a point grade difference on their tape grades. So I mean, but I, I just like Carter more as I love his balance. I love, he never goes down, never went down on first contact, and it's during the the Senior Bowl game it, it showed off intensely that to me over Javante Williams. Uh, I think Javante Williams is more of a uh, is definitely more of a quick hitter than what uh, Michael Carter is. But uh, as far as but that, I just I just there was just a very very. Very little separation between them on tape to me, but but the ability, the balance, and the uh, ability to get yards after contact was was more for me for Michael Carter. And now it's time to play one of our favorite games here on this program, and it's called Buy or Sell. And in this game, I'm going to mention the name of a running back prospect we have not discussed yet, and you tell us whether you buy or sell his long-term stock in the NFL, starting with Trey Sermon, formerly of Oklahoma, transferred to Ohio State. Buy or sell Trey Sermon. I'm buying Trey Sermon, especially after uh, his pro day the other day. I thought his uh, his athletic profile excelled. He's 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 definitely his stock is rising high. His last four or five games as a Buckeye, and it uh, continued with his pro day. I'm buying Trey Sermon as a uh, high third round pick. And uh, what do you like the best about Trey Sermon's game? He's another one of those with good size and balance ish uh, balance that uh, stands up doesn't doesn't go down on first contact. Another one with solid uh, solid uh, pass blocking and uh, pass catching ability. I, I like Trey Sermon. Brian is a big buy on Trey Sermon. What about Virginia Tech's Khalil Herbert? Do you buy or sell Khalil Herbert? I'm going to hold on Khalil Herbert. I'm not going to buy, but I'm not going to sell either. Uh, Khalil Herbert uh, had great production this year at Virginia Tech after transferring over from Kansas, 5'9", 204. Not as fast as I would have thought he would have been. Uh, He tested at 4'5", but uh, not as explosive as as I – he didn't test as explosively as I thought he would, and that's going to bring his grade down for me as it is. But uh, I think Khalil Herbert in the fourth – fourth round area probably good value uh, what makes him good value in that part of the draft i mean it's just because he's 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 not going to be he's not going to be asked to be the guy and i think he's a going to be a solid special teams contributor as well to help him uh help his value as a team and you know as a you know come in on you know the number three back on a team and that's kind of what he's going to need to be early on and he'll get his chances and you know Injury here, injury there, and he's carrying the load. Uh, do you buy or sell Larry Roundtree of Missouri? Um, I'm out on Larry Roundtree. Uh, four seven speed. That's not going to cut it uh, at the next level. He had great production in Missouri. His tape was fine, but you know he's he's not going to have the uh, his his athletic profile is is not going to go not going to make it uh, for him. Yes, and it's not just the uh, Missouri uh, quarterbacks that uh, don't translate well to the NFL. I have uh, seen a wide receiver or a uh, running back or a tight end from Missouri do well in the NFL in recent years. So that like whole offense uh, translate to the NFL is a big mystery, and it's not just the quarterback. Yeah, it certainly appears that way. 
And you mentioned uh, Kylan Hill, and you mentioned that you're uh, high on his pass protection ability, but overall, do you buy or sell Kylan Hill? I'm buying Kylan Hill. Uh, he's got some maybe, I don't want to say work ethic questions, but it's certainly that's going to be his his exit from Mississippi State is going to be something he's going to have to answer for with NFL teams. But his, you can't argue his, his one of the most productive running backs in the SEC during his time there. Um, his one game with Mike Leach showed, hey, this guy can be depended upon to catch the football. And he, you know, is, has always been a solid pass protector. So I'm buying Colin Hill. Um, I, like I said, I, I don't know if his, his off-field, uh, whatever perceived off-field issues are going to bring, his, bring him down into the third day. But I, if Colin Hill goes anywhere from round three or below, I think, you know, that's, that's a good value. Moving right along, Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State, buy or sell? Buy, buy, buy Jamar Jefferson. Love Jamar Jefferson. Uh, break, breakaway speed uh, to me. Uh, if you watch the Oregon game, he was tremendous in that game this year. Um, he's another that I'd like to see him maybe catch the ball a little bit more. Uh, he wasn't, you know, didn't really, wasn't really tasked with that much in the Beavers offense, but I'm buying Jamar Jefferson uh, at the next level. Yeah, you mentioned the breakaway speed. Are there any other facets to his game that could make him an even more well-rounded player? He's another one that, you know, he's got good vision, sees the whole, I mean, against Oregon, I don't know if you watched that game this year, but you could barely see, if, if those teams weren't wearing highlighter uniforms, they were, one, Oregon was wearing like the, the, the yellow, Oregon State was wearing the bright orange. If they weren't wearing those uniforms, you would not even be able to see the players on the field. It was so foggy. But uh, his vision on the field during that game, his explosiveness in the hole, and like I said, his break, he had two long breakaway runs in that game. And Oregon's was a good defense this year, and uh, he was nearly 200 yards in that game, I believe, if not over. So, yeah, uh, great, great performance there for Jamar Jefferson. I'm, I'm buying him. Yeah, you bring up a good point with vision. The Hall of Famer Trell Davis says that vision is the most important aspect for a running back to succeed in the NFL. And if you have good vision as a running back, that'll take you very, very far uh, in the uh, National Football League. Jarrett Patterson at the University of Buffalo. Buy or sell Jarrett Patterson? I'm going to have to sell Jarrett Patterson. He was a guy very productive this year, one of the most productive running backs in NCAA history this year. But man, he measures in at five six one ninety five. That's not good. And then comes out, runs a four six forty, and his explosiveness testing at his pro day was subpar. I, I got to sell Jared Patterson now. And last but not least, this guy was uh, touted as a potential Heisman Trophy candidate during the twenty nineteen season, and uh, decided to uh, go back to school for another year. But now he's kind of falling off the face of the earth. That is Chuba Hubbard. Do you buy or sell Chuba Hubbard? I'm selling Chuba Hubbard. I mean, if his his he, I don't think his he has the top end speed that that to be a, a top echelon NFL running back. He, he consistently misses open holes. It seems I just I don't think he's going to test very well uh, at Oklahoma State's pro day coming up next week. I, I'm. Or I'm sorry, that's actually tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sell Chuba Chuba Hubbard. 
He is Brian Bosarge, ladies and gentlemen, founder, creator, manager of DeepFryDraft.com. You can follow him on Twitter at DeepFryDraft and just visit his website, DeepFryDraft.com. Brian, thank you so much once again for joining us. But before we go, we got to play another game called Best Team Fits. And in this game, we're going to go over all the running back prospects we talked about. And you're going to say uh, which team uh, you'd like to see them on the most and why. Starting with uh, Travis Etienne. What is the best possible team fit for Travis Etienne? Tampa Bay. Give him the James White role for Tom Brady. Oh, the, the, the Tom Brady would absolutely be happy with that. And such a, a, an option like him, just uh, two or five yards out, uh, could even extend his career longer. So uh, Tom Brady might be pounding the table for Travis Etienne uh, down in Tampa. What about Najee Harris? The Miami Dolphins. I like that fit there. Uh you know they they were trying to run power last year with Miles Gaskin, so give them uh give them some power with Najee Harris. Yes, and uh, a lot some people have even mocked Najee Harris to the Dolphins with that 18th overall pick. So uh, you're not the only one who thinks that. Uh, what about Kenneth Gainwell? Oh, Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, let's uh let's let's go with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's uh let's 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 let him rotate in there uh, with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Uh, yeah, that would be a pretty good uh, fit for him to start and reuniting with his uh, former teammate from Memphis and Tony Pollard. What about Javante Williams? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe someone like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, that, that, that feels like a good fit there. Uh, they're not getting a whole lot out of James Conner. Uh, so Javante Williams could be a, a boost to their running game there. So Pittsburgh feels like a good fit. Yeah, and if the Steelers do decide to pass at Etienne and Harris in the first round, as they should, uh, Javante Williams would be a good pick for them in the second. And uh, by the way, uh, James Conner is currently a free agent. He is yet to sign on with a team as of this moment. What about the other Tar Heel back, Michael Carter? Hmm. Let's, uh, let's look at uh, someone like maybe New England, maybe the uh, someone maybe... Yeah, New England feels like a you know if they were to go with a running back like say in the third round, I, I that feels like Michael Carter would be a, a good fit for the Patriots. Trey Sermon. Hmm. Trey Sermon and that's 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 tough. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't really place. Maybe. Maybe someone like the. You know, the Bears or the. You know, they. He would probably fit in their scheme. Not that the Bears would take him because I don't think you know they really need another running back at the moment. But that that, that, that schematically, I feel like that would be a solid. Uh, yes, and if he fits with the Bears, then he should probably fit with the Chiefs because they run um, pretty similar systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Bears and Chiefs for Trey Sermon, even though neither team will need his services. What about Khalil Herbert? Khalil Herbert, you know, he's another one. Like I said, he he, you're going to put him anywhere. I think he's going to be in the fourth round range. So you know, someone like maybe the Chargers, you know, could could use a a back like Khalil Herbert. Uh, the Saints could probably use another, you know, a running back behind Kamara. So. Because so, because they, they probably need to unload Latavius Murray's contract to help with some cap issues. So, 
if they haven't already. So they, they need a backup running back, Khalil Herbert, maybe New Orleans. Yeah, and uh, you're not high on Larry Roundtree, but if he had to go somewhere, what would his best possible landing spot be? I, I, I'm going to say maybe somewhere like Detroit, you know, somewhere like, you know, maybe Denver even, you know, somebody, somebody to be a, you know, a, a power running back, you know, a, a number four running back, probably not active on game days type of deal. Uh, yes, although I, as a Broncos fan, I probably think they'd have their eyes set on uh, this next back more than Larry Roundtree, Kylan Hill. Best possible landing spot for Kylan Hill. Yes, that, that would be a good spot for Kylan Hill as well. I think Kylan Hill's ready to contribute early on at the next level, um, you know, early for a team. So, like, if in the third round, if he was to go to somewhere like Denver, yeah, I think he could be an instant impact player. Oh, yeah, and plus, uh, as far as the Broncos are considered running back, this is the final year of Melvin Gordon's contract, and they got Royce Freeman coming on a contract. They're going to need a number one uh, back mm-hmm. for um, uh, 2022, and uh, Kylan Hill in the third round could easily be that person. I definitely dig you there, man. And uh, what about uh, speedy Jamar Jefferson? Ooh, Jamar Jefferson. I, I, I feel like you know a solid place for him may be somewhere like the Giants. You know, it, 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 if they can get him, like, say, in, in round three as a value pick and, you know, you got Barkley coming off the injury and then, you know, you said it earlier, they're not keen on picking up that fifth-year option. So, you know, Jamar Jefferson may be ready to uh, to step in there to replace Barkley if they decide to go that route. Oh, that would be a very, very good uh, decision for the uh, New York Giants. They're definitely going to need another back to take the load off of uh, Saquon Barkley, even if Saquon stays healthy uh, this season. And uh, what about Jarrett Patterson? Oh, Jarrett Patterson, um, he's – I hope he's ready to contribute on special teams because that's probably going to how he's, be how he's going to, you know, have to make a team. But, you know, if you look at, you know, a team that has some smaller backs, you know, maybe Baltimore – you know, might be a fit for him, you know, to com- bring him in to compete with somebody like Justice Hill, you know, and let them battle it out for that final running back spot. Oh, yeah, and uh, given uh, Ozzie Newsom, Eric DaCosta, how they operate in Baltimore, they really like players who posted big numbers in college and uh, like to take chances on them in the NFL, so that would definitely make sense as a mid-to-late-round pick for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And last but not least, Chuba Hubbard. Chupa Hubbard uh, feels like a running back for Buffalo. I mean, he just he just feels like he he you know he he's size and running style wise looks like a Devin Singletary, looks like a Zach Moss, you know that they already have on their roster. So, like I said, not that they would add him, but you know he feels like a a, a Buffalo Bills type of running back. Thank you very much, Brian, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But next week, we begin our annual Dash to the Draft divisional tour around the NFL, where we will explain what all 32 teams should do in the 2021 NFL Draft. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Brian. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at dcrom 59 for Brian Bosage, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, wear a mask over your nose, wash your hands, social distance, stay awesome, stay safe, 
And when it's your turn, please, please, please get whatever COVID-19 vaccine is available to you. Have a happy Easter weekend, everybody. Take care. (laughs) 